Next on BYU Sports Nation, sit back, relax, and enjoy the historic ride BYU basketball is on. That's right, historic. Jamming with Juddy returns. What he thinks of BYU men's basketball's up-tempo success and his team's turnaround. Plus, Blaine Fowler's best-case scenario for BYU basketball. And Kyle Collinsworth, not the WCC Player of the Week. Big deal, no deal. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Hooray for Tuesday! BYU Sports Station live on your radio, (laughs) TV, and other media machines presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Tuesday, January 6th. My name is Spencer Linton, teamed up with Groot's Pruner, and aspiring arborist, Jerem Jordan. I am Groot? <laughs> yes, you are. I love Guardians of the Galaxy. We got it for Christmas. Yeah, that's a great movie. I hope that every BYU football and basketball season is like that movie. You're oh, just, meaning you're like, just like... I'm not sure what to expect, but it was really good. It exceeds expectations. Yeah, the only problem is we only do BYU sports here, so there is tremendous buildup to every single season of everything. Hype is what we do. Yes. I just saw this on social media. And if you're familiar with the Red Zone channel for the NFL. Oh, yeah. The greatest thing ever. There are no commercials. What they do is they take you to the most exciting play of the most exciting games. And if there are, like, multiple games with teams about to score touchdowns, they'll go split screen, sometimes tri screen. It's it's awesome. And, again, no commercials. You see no commercials, and they try and show you no punts. Okay? So it is just, like, the best of the best football from play to play to play. It's I, like, it's a good thing I don't have it because I might be inactive. <laughs> Seriously. Or you can just DVR it. I just DVR it. I, yeah, that's true. And watch it even faster, which is, and which the, is awesome. And then it's like, family time. No, sorry. The reason I, <laughs> I have to watch this third down between the Dolphins and Vikings. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'd be lying if I said it hasn't caused a quarrel or two <laughs> at, a, at a point. Okay. The reason I bring this up is the Premier League soccer yes. wants to do the premiership. A, a, yes, the Premiership wants to do a red zone type channel okay now we're talking although with soccer the only highlights i want to see are goals and other spectacular things therefore soccer highlights should be very short but if there are enough like exciting plays happening with because all of the games happen at the same time like the nfl okay and it's the best well, the of the best soccer players in the, the world okay so like goals is la liga close and, calls uh, I don't know. Bundesliga i don't know, I don't know if there's this? like multiple leagues or if it's just the premiership bundesliga canal but that would make, I think, some people that wouldn't normally watch soccer maybe sure. try and engage in that yeah, sport. Yeah, yeah. Although, just feed me a highlight. Literally, I just want a vine. Just show me the goal from <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo, and I am golden. Free That's, kicks, great saves. Vine is great. Corner v- kicks. Vine is built for the ADHD generation. Six seconds. I have time for six seconds. Loops. Okay, what's the next thing? <laughs> Isn't that funny? How yeah. it's like, now, 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 now. I need to say it Now. And if you can't, then That's it's like, oh, I'm too, I'm too impatient. I'm too impatient. But yeah, that, this is what we are becoming okay. as, as uh, I guess, a nation, a country. As a, a people. As a world. One world. We want it now. One channel. We want the most exciting thing. So, yeah, who knows? The Barclays Premier League. When do we launch the BYU Blue Zone channel? <laughs> when there's more enough scores to fill it. <laughs> Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. Join our BYU Sports Nation Twitter family. That's right, Twitter family, Jerem. And it's a Tuesday, not even a Monday. 
yeah. all the time. The conversation continues 24-7 with today's Twitter question. What's the most exciting part of the 2014-15 BYU basketball season? Ooh. Use the hashtag BYUSN. At Cougar underscore Nate. The anticipation of if Kyle Collinsworth is going to break the NCAA season slash career triple-double records. And if Tyler can catch Jimmer. Historic proportions, right? All in the same season. We'll delve Could into be. that. Yeah, we'll yeah. delve into that in detail in just it's a fun moment. To watch. A lot going on besides the historic ride for BYU basketball right now, and the return of the bracket of matrix. The bra- oh, bracket, bracket matrix. matrix. BYU an eleven seed right now, the seventh to last team in. They are in thirty six of the forty brackets that are used to calculate all of that. Now, That's a on. really good sign. We've got to explain what Bracken Matrix is yes. because part of our audience joined up with us in March when we were on BYU TV. When we were just on BYU Radio, we would do the Bracket Matrix. It's a website, BrackenMatrix.com. Somebody, a computer and a person behind a computer in their mom's basement or something, has compiled uh, like 40 <laughs> different brackets that I don't even know there were 40 brackets. And then they do all these averages and what's your average seed and how many brackets are you in and all that. So that's that information. Throughout the season, we'll update that bracket matrix. BYU in 11 seed right now. Jimmer Fredette played six minutes last night, which is a significant drop-off from his previous three games. We kind of expected that with the return of Eric Gordon, one of their starting shooting guards. But he played 33 minutes and scored eight points on two of eight shootings. So why not ease him in and let Jimmer play some more minutes? Yeah. We have to read this tweet, by the way. Some some dude named at Brian Logan seven oh. at home sick, but at least I get to watch my brothers Spencer Linton and Jim Jordan on BYU Sports Nation. Hashtag Bob. Yeah, Same hashtag brothers. Bob at Brian Brian Logan seven. Hello, <laughs> whoever you are. <laughs> BYU, Love men's, you. BYU men's soccer has added Steve Magleby to its coaching staff. Steve was a stud player back in the uh, like oh six oh seven. Played and, overseas as well. And they are collectively putting together a pot to order the Red Zone channel <laughs> for the premiership, I believe. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation simulcast and beautiful radio vision on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Rise and shout! Hashtag Bob. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. Enjoy the journey. Good pass. Beautiful pass. Tremendous play that time by Collinsworth to hit the streaking hogs. In the open court. Tyler Haas, Kyle Collinsworth. Heard of him? Probably. ESPN yes. College Hoops insider John Gassaway tweeted out the following yesterday in regard to Tyler Haas, Kyle Collinsworth, and the BYU basketball team. Quote, I nominate BYU as most entertaining team ever. 1.24 points per trip in WCC play, including a loss, 72 possessions per 40 minutes, Enjoy. We're End number quote. one most entertaining team ever. Okay. No, he's right. BYU is very entertaining. I, I actually agree with the Blue Goggles on this. The, the conversation right now is, hey, this BYU basketball team is fun to watch. I know BYU didn't win the most meaningful games on the schedule. Uh, San Diego State, Utah, Gonzaga. But they were competitive in those. I'd like to think that the next time BYU plays one of those, they've got a good shot to win. The hope. The and, hope is and there. The, and the rest of the games, BYU has been great. I called Saturday's win the best game BYU's played all season. BYU's the number one scoring team in the country. They have the fourth leading scorer. They have a three-point shooter in Fisher. They have all these things, triple doubles. They have all these things that are entertaining and fun to watch. I'm loving this basketball season right now. Let's break that down a little bit more. This season has historic potential. The following can happen all in the same season. BYU could finish as the number one ranked scoring team in all the land. 
Tyler Haas Canada. can become the all-time leading scorer for BYU. Big deal. And Kyle Collinsworth has already recorded three triple-doubles this season. He can tie or break the single-season record for triple-doubles with one or two more, respectively. Hey, that can all happen in the same season. That's fun stuff. I mean, we're talking about a typical BYU team here. They're going to win 23 to 27 games, go to the NCAA tournament. Hopefully they win. But, I mean, along the journey, let's enjoy the journey. And you highlighted some of those things. Other things to, to mention, BYU uh, re- shoots the three really well. They're the BYU bomb squad basketball style. Okay, what we wanted from the receivers has been from the basketball team. They've made 15 threes, three to, 15 or more threes, three times this year. That was the previous record at BYU. They have tied or beaten that three times. Shamanad, of course, his school record 17, and Chase Fisher made 10, setting a BYU record in that game. Okay, that's significant because made six on Saturday. Jimmer Fredette has played him. at BYU, and so these three what? point records are coming after post Jimmer, the post Jimmer era. Hey, it should should time be reckoned by pre Jimmer, post Jimmer? Like, should we call it PJ? <laughs> it's like PJ two, <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> I mean, he he left that significant of. Uh, it was Danny Ainge. That was a the mark first here at BYU. age. This is the second, third age now. Okay, the point is they're shooting a lot of threes, and they're making That's a great. lot of three-pointers. Number 11 in three-pointers made per game. Nine at just two. over nine. Yeah. Nine a game. Then there's getting to the free-throw line, and that brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat, stat of, the of the day. 58. BYU's made 58 more free-throws than any other team in the NCAA. Believe it. Now, they played a couple more games than some of the teams, but BYU's making 20 free throws a game and attempting 26.6. That's just wow. under 77%. Let me tell you why that's so high. Okay. Because the guards are shooting all the free throws. Paging Elder awesome. Eric Mika. You don't have a low post presence, and so you're, you don't have a guy missing free throws at the line. Corbin Kafusi is actually shooting it okay. Kyle Collinsworth. Plus 14% shooting the free throw. Remember when uh, BYU fantastic. had so many concerns about missing critical free throws last year and they were in the 60s? Okay, they have blown that out of the water. 77% right now, one of the top 10 free throw shooting teams in the country by percentage. The reason BYU loses Gonzaga, San Diego State, Purdue, Utah, the four games, by the way, by a combined 18 points, uh, BYU's not been blown out in any game no, this their year. their biggest loss is seven points. Right, and I don't want to take solace in losing ever. Uh, but, the, but the principle there is that BYU's been very competitive. I know you want BYU over the hump and whatnot. Uh, hopefully that happens in the meaningful games left in the season. But BYU is in a good spot right now. I'm enjoying this because BYU has style points, man. There's something to being uh, style BYU basketball is akin to the organ of football. I'm serious. Run and gun, lots of points, shoot threes, get to the rim. It's an exciting brand of basketball. Oh, by the way, Oregon obviously is better than BYU is in basketball, in football. I get it. But the the style is important. It's BYU's competitive advantage. They do something different. Yeah. P.S. The Cougars are doing this with a four-guard lineup. The last three games. Okay. They they are excelling when... A lot of people would say, no, 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 no. you got to have some size in there. What are you doing? This That's is crazy. Tra- you can That's o- traditional you basketball. You can only sustain this for so long. Really? 
Well, I think BYU is up to prove that wrong. I think they'll win the rest of the games in the WCC. Uh, they've got a good chance to do that. There's a chance a game or two they slip, whatever, before at Gonzaga, which is the regular season finale in the kennel. That'll be a tough game. But BYU's got a legit chance to win the next, what is it, 13 regular season games before Gonzaga? That could, that could happen. BYU fans want greatness. So do the coaches. So do the players. So do we. And you already mentioned this, Jerem. Like, the losses have come by a combined 18 points. And it's like, ah, if BYU could just have one of those big games against San Diego State, Utah, or Gonzaga. They got a big one against Stanford. It's turning out to be that way. And that has certainly helped their RPI, which is 29 right now. Okay, sub-30 RPI. They're well into a lot of the bracket matrix. Bracket matrix. But they have been competitive in those games. And so while losing is awful and it hurts. It's the worst. People still pay attention to BYU because they're an exciting brand of basketball and they have been competitive against some of the nation's elite teams. So what I'm saying is when they get to the NCAA tournament, if they get matched up in the first or second round against a really good team, that really good team wants no part of BYU. Okay. Nobody wants to play unless BYU got, as a 10 or 11 seed. Unless they've got great bigs and they feel like they can dominate on the inside. That's where BYU got beat. And it's tough because if BYU has a low post presence, I think that they could be in the top 25. That would have had that big a difference. Unfortunately, that's not there. But you have great guards who are making good things happen this season. Can it's fun Corbin, to watch. Can Corbin Kafusi become that low post presence? This season, no. I don't think so. Maybe. But... It's like a guy that's actually going to score, pass the ball out of there. He's, this is a senior He's starting to do school, a little man. bit of that. Yeah. Yes, just a little bit. Okay, so our Twitter question today is, with everything discussed, what is the most exciting part of 2014-2015 BYU basketball? It's Twitter time. At JMan426, he's on my wavelength. He says this. The tourney train is starting to roll on. No, give me the real horn. Come on, that's, that's more like it. It's like Rob the Freight Train Morris whistle from 98 handed out at LaBelle Edwards. No, that, right now that is full-blown, full steam ahead. Man. I once asked Rob Morris about all those whistles. He said, I have a box full of those whistles. I was like, really? Wow. We need to get one of those for the he set. He also had a couple of the bib jerseys left over. We need to get one of those <laughs> for the set. We need to, why have we no! not contacted Rob no! Morris about both of those? We are not putting the bib up here. Heck no. At Matt Bidstrom. Bidstrom. Definitely Tyler Haas getting buckets. Okay. So a chance to make history. The most predictable the... thing ever is Tyler Haas getting points, which is fun to watch. We'll miss it next year. I promise you. Just enjoy it. Absolutely. Okay. How, how can you not miss that? At PWNR1019. Three triple doubles in half of a season. In nine games. One in month. In nine games. That's just stupid. That's how good that is. Yeah, that's stupid good. Up next, Jeff Judkins will join us jamming with Juddy. What does he think is the most exciting part of BYU basketball? He might go on the women's side. I guess he's allowed to do that, right, as the head coach of the women's basketball team? Yeah, they won some games last week. Juddy joins us next on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Follow our show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. Coming up Thursday night, BYU and Pepperdine Men's Hoops on BYU Radio and ESPNU. It's a late tip, 11 p.m. Eastern time, so get a nap in in the afternoon. Otherwise, like Spencer, you'll be cranky for the game. Am I ever cranky? No, you're right. I'm just talking about myself. I'll get a nap in. (laughs) 
and try, be ready to rock it. I try really now. hard to never be cranky. I'm proud of you. When you're sick, it's really hard to not be a little bit, isn't it? Wait, why? Why'd you look at me when I'm, I don't? I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, this is making a statement. Seven thirty a.m. is not my ideal time to start meeting. But you're a good man. That's what we do. You're a good man. Hey, our Twitter question today: What is the most exciting part of 2014-2015 BYU basketball? We, if you're cranky, we want those tweets too. Okay, if you're in a good mood, <laughs> bad mood, send them all on using the hashtag. BYUSN. Another guy that I don't know if I've ever seen him in a cranky mood is Jeff Judkins. Jamming oh, with right. Juddy on really? BYU Sports oh, Nation. Really? Well, that's really nice to say. I, I think my family would think differently. <laughs> uh, you know, I have my moments. I think what you said, Spencer, is true. It's not feeling good, maybe being overtired, uh, maybe just uh, just pressure, thinking about something. Maybe another one mark on your schedule you got to try to get in. And sometimes uh, as you get older, you don't seem to bounce back as quick. And so I think my kids are seeing that a little bit with me. The life of a head basketball coach, no less. It's, season's hard. People don't realize it. It takes its toll. It, it's fun, and I enjoy it. I wouldn't be coaching if I didn't, but um, it, it takes its toll. Like tonight i got to go watch a high school game, and then tomorrow we leave, and weekend and come back and next week it's same thing and then we have a bye week and everybody thinks that's a well that's a great week for everybody to relax that's probably the biggest recruiting week for us yeah, we got to go out and see a lot of players so um busy time fun time though it's you know it's this is a part of the season that you really um work hard for we're talking about uh, the men's basketball team and what's the most exciting part of the season so far what have you enjoyed so far with the men's basketball team this year uh I would say probably for them to be able to play as well as they're playing right now, they're probably pretty happy. I, when I went to practice yesterday and I was walking out, a lot, of, a lot of them were coming in to get ready to practice, and you can see a very confident team right now that a lot of them feel that they're playing good basketball and um, that they're, they're kind of they're not reaching. I think Tyler hit it on the head when he said, we haven't reached our peak yet, but we're, we're getting closer to it. We're, and I think – when you have that success and you play as well as they have, um, it can go. But here's the negative part, and I don't want to ruin everybody, <laughs> is that can change real quick. One sure. game, you don't come out and get ready to play, and Pepperdine beats you or some team that doesn't you think that's not as good beats you, and all of a sudden that deflates that balloon, and it's a little bit tougher. But they're, they're right now playing with a lot of confidence, and uh, it's good to get Tyler back healthy. I think Collingsworth, I mean, I didn't realize he's had three triple-doubles. Amazing. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the kind of player he is. And I think uh, he's done a great job of really um, doing what he does best, and that is really control the game in many different ways. But uh, that is. I mean, he kind of reminds me a lot of Magic a little bit. You know, Magic Johnson was that Mm -hmm. kind of player. He could score. He could rebound. He could get assists. He's big. He's strong. Um, and I think that's what he's. I think he's trying to do. I think he'll help him for the next level where he can handle the ball and do it. Defensively, he's got to work on his quickness to guard those really quick players. But uh, he's playing well right now. You're good friends with Dave Rose, and he has a unique style of play that has his team scoring more points than any other team in the country. Do you ever get together and huddle and like share coaching secrets to help each other? Well, out? during the season, it's hard because he's so busy, and so am I. And but during the off season, sometimes we'll talk about a few things, and 
Um, his other his assistant coaches will do the same. You know, I'm pretty close with those guys, and I'll, I'll ask them a question. Like a few years ago, we asked them a little bit about their zone, what how they try to do it, because their zone has has been so successful. And um, they'll ask me some things defensively. You know, what we try to do on things, but. The thing I've liked about Dave's offense right now with his team is they're just loose. I mean, they just come down and, you know, hand off, pick on ball, you know, drive the basket, um, you know. But the other thing that I've really noticed they've done a lot better is when, they've, when they haven't scored for a while, they, they, they're a little bit more patient with the shot that they get. I think that's maturity. I think that's why their team has gotten better is that, like I watched San Francisco, they come down and hit all these threes, and all of a sudden they go in a spurt where they don't score for maybe three or four possessions. Well, they call a play or they do something to get the ball to the people that they need to score, and I think that's what makes them really difficult. When, when they do that, they're really hard to guard. BYU's personnel is interesting because they don't have much of an inside presence this year due to personnel and they're developing those people. But they've gone with this four-guard lineup. Anson Winder is starting now. And the other teams go with their two bigs. And there's this kind of chess game of, all right, can we get to the rim? Can we defend well enough in the zone? Why do you think BYU's four-guard lineup is working so successfully? Well, I think, I think there's several reasons, but ones that come to mind for me is they play a zone. So now the mismatch doesn't hurt them. Because I guarantee right now if they went small on me and played man-to-man, that ball would be pounded inside to the person that yeah. they can't guard the post. So they play a zone, so that helps them. Um, I think. I think second part of it, you know, with their is that they're they they spread the court out very well, and they all can shoot. So what do you do? You sit there and say, well, we're going to help out this kid. Well, I'll, next thing you know, it it's a wide open three and whack, they're hitting it, and then they're using their five really as a screener. Mm-hmm. As 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 more of going out and screening on the ball and rolling to the basket, and you saw a dunk by Confuci. That's where he's getting it. The, the game's changed. Um, we're probably one of the few teams, even in the women's game, that have an inside presence. Morgan Bailey, right now, in my opinion, is the best inside player, men and women, probably in the West. I don't know anybody in the West. In the West, wow. I don't know anybody that scores in the paint. As many different ways as Morgan Bailey does. Well, think about her numbers. I mean, she's averaging over 18 points a game and almost 11 rebounds. How many players average a double-double? Well, the thing that people don't realize, she's getting triple-teamed, double-teamed. They're doing all these things to try to stop her, and she's done a great job of of passing the ball out and letting other players, like they're not against Santa Clara. They honestly had three people in the paint the whole game. Hmm. And what she did, what she's matured, is she finds the open person, and she hits that. And if we hit those shots, then what do you do? You, you can't. It's kind of like the men's game. They spread you out. What do you do when they start hitting shots? You're in trouble. So, But Morgan is, to me, is the best low-post player I've seen in a long, long time. And, and, and so I'm crazy if I don't use that talent and don't use that for our team. And, you know, uh, she, she's been a big part of it. She's a fireball. And so is Lexi Eaton. And we asked Lexi this last week, who's, who's the more competitive, uh, I guess, more, I'm not going to use the word enraged, we but just feisty, fi- right? feisty yeah. yeah, the more feisty player. From a for coaching perspective, Boy. who is, is it Morgan or Lexi? You know, I would say for overall, I'd say Lexi probably is, but Morgan, 
there's times, Morgan, I, I don't know if you want to get in her way. And it's it's the same. No, it's the same with – I got a couple of girls this year. I, you know, those two. But Ashley Garfield's no slouch now. And Mackenzie Morrison is tough. And she'll – you know, and Kylie in her own little way is pretty pretty tough. So, you know, I think we we try to recruit – a kid that's going to come out and play hard and do those things. and um, But I think Morgan Morgan's learned it. You know, when she first came, she was not that way. And I think over the period of time of playing against uh, Riley and Jen and Kehlani and all these guys that she's played against over these years, she's learned to really deal with that. So, I mean, I kind of like that personally as a coach. I like that. The that, fire. Yeah, I do. I really like that. So I hope she keeps it up. Is the uh, is it harder to recruit post players now that can score with their back to the basket? Yeah, it's a lot harder. It's not a kind of a sexy thing, you know. It's like, oh, I want to be a small forward and kind of a lost heart now right? in, in today's yeah, game. It's, I think what's happened is everybody has spread it out, and they're picking on the ball and rolling to the basket more. So those kind of players don't are not comfortable in the post. Second is the three point line. I mean. A lot of bigs think they got to shoot the three-point line. It's funny. You get guards that want to post up and, and post that want to shoot the three. But um, we've been fortunate. Over my year years at BYU, I've always had good inside presence. And I think we do a good job as a coaching staff to find it. Like next year, we got a young lady named Jasmine Moody from Hawaii. And she, she's got the potential of what Morgan has, the way she plays and her toughness and so, you know, we we hope that we can recruit that and, and, and be able to, you know, get a player like that for us. Jeff Judkins with us on BYU Sports Nation, as he is every Tuesday, jamming with Juddy. Coach, you have your very specific style of play and the offense you want to run. Dave Rose is a run-and-gun team, and, and uh, BYU looks really loose on offense. How much does recruiting, uh, I guess, how much does style of play go into uh, recruiting when you're out in the field, looking well, you you definitely look for players that are going to fit your system. You you probably know when the football team has been so great, they always had great wide receivers and quarterback. Well, you got to go find that. They just don't walk in your door and say, "Here, I want to play for you." Um, so you know you, you have to do a good job of seeing that. But I think great coaches, what they do is they take what talent they have and they try to mesh with that and do the best they can. You, you probably remember a few years ago. With us, we were really quick, and I didn't have as good as inside presence. I had Riley and Kehlani, and they weren't as good as post players as Jen or, or Morgan. So what did I do? I, I pressed. I up-tempoed. I tried to run the game more. Uh, when Dave had um, – when he had the inside presence when he first came here with some of the guys that he had, he got the ball inside to those guys. Now he, his strength is not inside, so he's, he's done a great job using Kyle – and Fisher and and Tyler were there the most effective of really scoring. And a lot of teams um, have to change a little bit. That was the biggest thing that changed the BYU football team was when Hill went down, it, they had their whole offense geared around his ability, and they had to change it. And they did a great job. And people don't realize how difficult that is to really do. And even even Ohio State. Okay, with their new quarterback. Third string quarterback. I don't know what they're going to do next year because the kid is a good player. But, what are, you know, they had to change a little bit in, in theirs. And so um, that's what good coaches do. And, and uh, you try to get your style. And I know Dave has scored 
his offensive games have always been he up temples it. He feels comfortable with that, and um, and some teams, you know, he might one year come out and he's got a bunch of bigs and he's got a good inside presence and he'll just pound it inside. You know, maybe next year I'll have a team that's more up tempo losing Morgan. You know. And I, who, who knows what really happens? That's what makes it exciting for a coach. And stressful. <laughs> and stressful. <laughs> Fun. And yeah. stressful. Coach, uh, before you came in here, we were talking about uh, how you, you deal with stress and, and you chew gum before the pregame. I want to know, what, what flavor of gum is your go-to pregame? <laughs> Peppermint. Peppermint Peppermint gum. is, um, you know, coaches are superstitious. And there's certain – there's the green pack and the blue pack, and I always take it from the blue pack. <laughs> You know, I just feel like that's, uh, you know, and you know, every coach is that way. It's funny. I see some of my assistants and they wear the same tie or the same suit or one of my coaches didn't cut his hair until we lost and then we lost and he cut it. And, and you know, so it's weird how that all works. But, um, um, you know, before the game is probably the most, I don't know if it's stressful, but it's it's probably the most nervous time for me. Don't forget the peppermint gum in the blue pack on your road trip to Malibu and L.A. Yes, well, the trainer takes care of that for okay. me. Jeff, Jeff Hurst does a great job of knowing what I like, and he, and he does a good job of that. Jamming with Johnny. Coach, great to have you again. Thanks. Nice being here, you guys. Thanks, Jeff. Hey, we have some breaking news out of the NBA on a former BYU player. We'll tell you who and what it is up next, as well as bring in Blaine Fowler. What does he think is BYU basketball's pinnacle in the 2014-2015 season? This is BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio and BYU TV. And now, back to more BYU Sports Nation. Hooray for Tuesday! Yeah. You know that's a song, right? No. Yeah, that's actually a song. Looked it up this morning. Trying to remember the name of the band. Uh... Okay, I I'll, think it was probably U2 or Coldplay. No. <laughs> I'm just why, kidding. Why would it be U2 or Coldplay? No By the way, coming up next is the uh, BYU devotional president, Worthen, and uh, his wife, Sister Worthen, speaking at that. Two enormous sports fans. Like, I don't know if there's an event that I have been to that I haven't seen. They're if not both of them, one of them for He was sure. a power forward, operative word power, at uh, CEU back in the day. College yeah. of Eastern Utah. Represent, man. Used to drive past uh, Price, Utah, on my way to Grand Junction, Colorado. All right. (laughs) Yeah, give it up, everybody. Yeah. This Friday, BYU Gymnastics will open up against number six, Utah. And I was was Together we read. I was looking at the the game notes or the the meat meat notes notes yesterday. Utah has sold 7,000 season tickets. Their average home attendance for a gymnastics meet is over 14,000. Like it is a huge sport in this state, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a big deal. BYU has a chance to take on yeah. one of the Goliaths of uh, women's gymnastics. Nine Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. It'll be our uh, gymnastics debut for 2015. You want to be our you want to be our sideline reporter? I'm good. No, I'm, you're, you're good. I'm, I'm sick. I, I can't make it. Oh my Sorry. goodness! <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fantastic. All right, we, ha- we mentioned some breaking news uh, from BY- uh, former BYU basketball player in the NBA. We'll get to that in just a moment. But first, what? Blaine Fowler joining BYU Sports Nation. It's on the TV Nation screen. You might as well mention it. Oh, it, it. is. <laughs> okay, so you want to break? Let's, let's start there with Blaine. Okay, Blaine, I don't know if you've heard this, but the Brooklyn Nets have waived Brandon Davies from the roster. NBA insider Mark Spears of Yahoo Sports reporting that. With what you've seen from Brandon and how he's exceeded expectations and really 
uh, made a name for himself with the 76ers. Uh, Apparently and not. He just he got, got waived. And, hey, he, w- he was there long enough. What do you think about Brandon Davies and uh, his ability to, to last this long in the NBA, Blaine? Well, I think a lot of people were surprised because they weren't sure that he had – they knew he was athletic enough, but not sure that he had the skill set in terms of shooting touch and ball handling and all that his size. But he proved everybody wrong. And here's the good news. He's been in the league long enough that somebody's going to pick him up. I think so, too. You know, it, it, it's, it's once you've established yourself and you've had some playing time, um, so he's a proven commodity. He's not a proven starter, big-time star, but he's a proven commodity. And somebody out there in the league – needs a proven commodity to give them bench strength. And so I don't have any doubt that he'll get picked up. Um, and I, I'm, I'm telling you what, he has exceeded expectations, which is exciting to me because we know, because we all got to know him, he's an unbelievable kid. He's a great kid. There's a lot of NBA franchises that can use a quality backup that doesn't cause them any problems off the court and they don't need to worry about. So, so to me, he's still marketable. And, uh, and he's exceeded expectation, but I think he'll get picked up. I was thinking about this the other day. Kyle Collinsworth, Brandon Davies, Jimmer Fredette, and Tyler Hawes were all on the same BYU basketball team at one point. And Charles Bula and Noah Hartsock. What a team. Like that, that's a remarkable run. You're looking at two guys that are in the NBA. Well, Brandon just got away, but he was in the NBA. He'll be, he'll be in there. We can count him. Yeah, and then Kyle and Tyler are uh, also hitting some big-time NBA draft boards and, and are certainly prospects for you know the upcoming years. So like, that's, there's something to say about that within the state well, see, of BYU when, basketball. When was, the last, when was the last time BYU had that many NBA guys on the same roster? Now, keep in mind, Kyle was a freshman on that team. Tyler was young. So the last time BYU had four NBA quality players on the same roster, they were veteran players, and they went to the Elite Eight. That was Danny Ainge, um, Steve Trumbo, um, Fred Roberts, and Greg Kite. Now, Greg, Fred, and Danny played years in the NBA. Steve Trumbo was was an NBA-caliber guy, but if you remember, Steve, he served a mission in Spain, so he's fluent in Spanish. He went over and played a year over there, and he became a national hero because he lived there in the offseason – had million-dollar endorsement deals. While he would have been a very um, serviceable NBA guy, maybe not a star, he was a huge star in Europe. So he chose to stay there. But on that team, you had four NBA guys at the same time who were upperclassmen, and, and that's why BYU was so good that year. Um, and so this is, if you think about it right now, what you just said is, this is the last time we had that was that many years ago. We're talking 1981. That's a long time ago. Yeah, a couple thoughts. Um... One was uh, the NBA draft was 10 rounds back, in, back then, so more guys got drafted. And then the other thing was Tyler, remember, was on his mission the Jimmer yes. senior year. Yeah, he was on the, right. He was right. on the roster as junior. But uh, now this year's team, 14-15, doing some good things, Blaine. We've talked about how, yes, BYU didn't win but was competitive in those losses against ranked teams. They've done some great things. There's some exciting things going on right now with Kyle Collinsworth and triple doubles and Tyler Haas pursuing Jimmer and Chase Fisher dropping threes. What's the most exciting part of the season so far to you? Well, I, I feel like Dave Rose has finally figured out the best way to utilize this, the talent on this team. And, and none of us knew. I think it was, it was a work in progress early in the season. Like, what were they going to do to match up with big teams? Could they go small and rebound well enough? All, all of these questions that I think he now has answered, and I think they're going on a heck of a run right now for the rest of the season because he's found that – going small, and then having the ability to, to throw some big guys in there when they need to. But he's found that they can rebound well enough, primarily because Kyle Collinsworth and Tyler Hawes are decent rebounders from the guard line, 
and you know what, and Anson Winder, for that matter, can rebound from the guard line, that this small lineup creates more mismatch problems for their opponents than it creates for BYU defensively. And they can play enough zone and put Kyle down low in that zone at 6-6. And he's not just a good rebounder. He's like one of the premier rebounding guards in the country, period. Second I mean, in the league rebounds. in rebounding right now. Second. He, he rebounds as well as any forward in the country. And, and he plays point on the offense. And, of course, when they play that zone, he's playing down low in that zone. And so he, that gives Dave Rose the ability to go small, to create tons of mismatch problems on the offensive end, and still be good enough defensively to get away with it. And, and, and if they need, if, if there's stretches in games where they've got to go big, they can do that. Now, what makes me excited is, is that at some point, hopefully before they play St. Mary's here on the 17th, they get Nate Austin back. Um, and but, you know, I feel like with Nate Austin back, when they finally have that rematch with the Zags, that they're going to be, they're going to be better prepared to be able to, to deal with the size that Gonzaga has with one more big guy that can defend and rebound. Um, outside of St. Mary's and Gonzaga, the way BYU is playing right now, I don't see anybody challenging them in this league. They're, they're just playing too well right now, and they've got such confidence, and Dave has such a good rotation going right now that I, I think this is a team that's on a march for an NCAA bid. Blaine Fowler with us on BYU Sports Nation, dual threat analyst. I agree with every single thing you said. Yeah, there. yeah. Literally I mean, every single thing. Jeremy and I were just talking about that this morning, that there's a great chance that BYU can run the table up until that final conference game at Gonzaga. That's always going to be a tough one because they just, they're kind of like Boise State in football. They just don't lose at home in the kennel. But who knows with this BYU team? So, Blaine, what percent chance do you give BYU to win out until the Gonzaga road game? Well, I'm giving them an 80% plus chance. Okay. I, I, I give them a 90%, except for I know that teams that rely on good, good shooting as much as BYU does, there, there's that off chance that they just have a night where they can't shoot it. And for some reason, they're in a dogfight. Um, if, if it weren't for the fact that they rely so much on shooting, I, I'd say a 90% chance. But but I'm going to give them an 80 because I'm worried there's going to be a game, and I don't know where it is. Now, they could very well get in that game and shoot it horribly and just make enough shots down the stretch to get away with a close one. Um, and, but this isn't a team that if they shoot it horribly, you can go, well, that's okay because we'll just lock them down defensively and no problem. But that, that that's not this team. This team needs to shoot it well. Um, but the way they're shooting it right now and the confidence they're playing with right now, gosh, I – they're fun to watch. I'll, yeah, I'll tell you that. This, this, is a, this is a really fun, exciting team to watch. I mean, I love the style of basketball they're playing. They're really fun to broadcast. There's something to say about BYU not playing that well when you look at the grand scheme of things against Stanford and UMass at home, but finding a way to win both of those games. That makes me think that there isn't a team in the West Coast Conference that honestly matches up well with BYU other than Gonzaga. And I'll tell you, something that really impressed me, the Santa Clara game last week, I thought, okay, now they're going to play a team that's got a really great quickness on the guard line and Brandon Clark and Jared Brownridge. They've given them problems in the past and have been, were really good in this league last year. And I know that Brandon hasn't been shooting it as well this year, but Brownridge has been phenomenal. And I thought, okay, if they play zone and they go small, is this going to make a difference? Well, the fact that they could go small, that really gave Brownridge and Clark problems. Brownridge really struggled to deal with BYU's length out there on that guard line. And, and so they did not play well. And I thought, okay, this is good. So, you know, you look at the last two years where BYU's Achilles heel was teams with great guard play. 
Well, they just played a team that has really good guards with experience, and they shut those guards down, and they had a dominating win. I mean, absolutely dominating. That was a real positive for me coming out of last week. So that got me even more excited uh, about this team than I was before last week. Blaine, how many more triple doubles do you think Kyle Collinsworth will have this season? God, I think he can get two or three more. It's just, it's phenomenal what he's doing. And I don't know that we even talk about it enough. Um, he just, he's just capable of doing it any night. But, but it's just an incredible job that he's doing. And, and to me, he is the key to what BYU is able to do. Yeah, Tyler Haas, unbelievable store, score, doing a great job. Anson Winder, I think, him starting, um, his ability to defend on the perimeter and his ability to penetrate off the dribble has really made BYU better. But when it all comes down to it, the reason Dave Rose can play the lineup he's playing right now and go small, go four guards around one center, is because of Kyle Callsworth, because of what he does. And then on the offensive end, he's what makes these guys go. He's such a great distributor, and he sees everything, and he can throw over the top of traps. And So the ball's in his hands all the time. He's taking care of the basketball. He's making his teammates better, and he's rebounding the heck out of the basketball. Um, so to me, he is the key to this team's success. All the other pieces are important, but he's the single most important piece, and I think he can get two or three more triple-doubles. Can you imagine having six triple doubles in a season in college? Six is the career record. The in career the record. I believe Shaq is one of the two with that. I think he can get it. I think he can. I think he can go get that. That's. I know that's crazy thinking, but he's been so dominant recently. He's yeah. playing with such confidence. It's a fun thing to watch. You know what? It's like so. We're doing the Santa Clara game, Dave and I, and let's face it, they were so far out in front that the game you lost a little bit of interest in the outcome of the game. So that was just exciting to see if he could get to a triple-double, right? It's something else to watch. <laughs> so so we can, ha- we can have a triple-double watch in, in every game this year for Kyle Collinsworth, and I believe BYU is good enough that they're going to have some more blowouts like they did in Santa Clara. And uh, so we'll have another interest point. We'll, we'll continue to watch the Tyler Hawes scoring story, see where, you know, as he eclipses these great stars of, of BYU past, so we can follow that as a side note, and we're going to be able to file, uh, follow Kyle Collinsworth and see if he can get that career record in triple-doubles in college. I, I think that both of those records, I think Tyler Haw's all-time scoring record is going to happen, and I think that Kyle Collinsworth has a chance to get that other one. BYU Sports Nation college basketball insider and analyst Blaine Fowler with us. Blaine, great to uh, talk to you again. Pepperdine on Thursday on ESPNU, and then you're back on the call against LMU on Saturday. We'll talk to you soon. Great, guys. Good to talk to you. What is the most exciting part of the 2014-2015 BYU basketball season? Blaine just gave you about 17 reasons. Yeah. You know, so pick pick whatever you want. Use the hashtag BYUSN. At Thomas C530 says Kyle's three triple doubles after coming off an ACL tear. Unbelievable. Now that is a big deal. And we'll play the rest of Big Deal No Deal next. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. It is a Tuesday, and we are still broadcasting in Radio Vision. Coming up Thursday night, 11 Eastern time, BYU Men's Hoops and Pepperdine. Cougars try to continue their win streak. It's on ESPNU and BYU Radio, 11 Eastern, Thursday night. Put the kids to bed and watch the most entertaining college basketball team in America. You and can very well say Don't that. take yeah. that from me. Take that from ESPN College Hoops insider John Gassaway. He ended that tweet, by the way, with enjoy. <laughs> enjoy. And we do. You know what else I enjoy? Big deal, no deal. Big deal. 
No deal. If you're new to the program, this is how it works. We throw out a statement generally surrounding BYU topics. Sometimes it doesn't. But Jeremy and I will take that statement and decide whether it is a big deal or no deal. Number one. Big deal, no deal. Kyle Collinsworth, not the WCC Player of the Week. Knee-jerk reaction to this is big deal because how do you overlook a triple-double? But honestly, if you ask Kyle Collinsworth, he's like, meh, we're just playing good basketball. You're being asked. So I'm going to – I know. So I'm going to side with Kyle, though, and say no deal because he already knows that he's awesome and everybody else does too. Big deal. I question the integrity of the award if Karnowski, who has 21 points and win at Portland, right? In one game. In one game, gets the award over a guy who had a triple-double. And is, is getting a triple-double so common with Kyle Collinsworth that its value is lowered now all of a sudden? He doesn't even win player of the week in the conference for that. And BYU won two games and by 30-plus and crushed it. There, that was the most obvious player of the week in a while, and BYU didn't get it. I don't know how the voting works, but something's up there. Yeah, so it's, big it's, deal. A, it's a stupid deal, but it's, it's a big deal. The bigger deal for me is that Kyle's getting noticed by people across the nation like Jay Billis. But not his conference. John Gasser. But not his conference. So it's for player of the week. For me, that is a bigger deal. Number two. Big deal, no deal. BYU a 10 seed in ESPN's bracketology. This is a big deal because of where BYU came from just two weeks ago. Think about where they were before the Stanford and the UMass games. BYU was a bubble team at best, out of most brackets. And now, in that two-week span, if it started today, they would be a lock. It wouldn't be close. They're a sub-30 RPI. Things have gone very well, and they've added style points to that, as you pointed out, Jerem. So this is a big deal because BYU is on the up-and-up in a hurry. Up-and-up. That's the song by Reliant K. Big deal because BYU crushed two teams by 30, and that has value. There are style points associated with sports, and BYU did it and is getting some street cred because of it. Beating Santa Clara and San Francisco is not a big deal, but when you beat both by 30-plus, bang, Biscuit, now we're talking. Number three. Big deal, no deal. BYU hoops loses a total four games by a total of 18 points. Okay. I am going to say this is a big deal because take a drink for people pay attention to how you play even when you lose, including the bracketologists and the guys on the committee. Okay, So while losing doesn't merit an individual team any solace or, I don't know, it doesn't make you happy, it matters because the people that seed you and pay attention in March are looking at how you competed against elite teams. So it's a big deal that even though BYU has lost – they have been close in these games. I'll go no deal because you've lost four games, and by one or by 30, there were losses. It matters, though. Let me speak. Okay. But the, the, you're right. There, the fact that BYU is close makes you think that BYU will be competitive in future similar games against elite competition. And BYU uh, has not been blown out. They're, they're playing at that level. Unfortunately, we're not able to get one or two of those uh, four losses. Yeah, can you imagine what it would be like? Well, they lost to Gonzaga by 20. Yeah, they, they lost sure. to uh, Utah by 15. There's always that argument. Would you rather lose close or by a lot? And it's like, well, I would rather, because the agony is greater if you lose close. Whatever. Losing's just the worst, man. Yeah, losing I just is hate not losing. Fun. I don't want to talk about the means of losing. But it certainly factors in to how people view a team. 
number four. Big deal, no deal. Countdown to the Cornhuskers. 242. No deal. We're so far away. Let's take it easy. Take it easy. You know what I'm saying? I want to argue against that, but I'm just going to say amen today. How in the world is it a okay, big deal, it's dude? It's January days. 6th. <laughs> it's a big deal that BYU is opening the season months. at Nebraska. Yeah, that's nice. It's no deal that it's Better than eight months away. Yeah. Ah, up next on BYU Sports Station, an update on the Brandon Davies situation and a look ahead to the next big sport almost back in BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Hey, future guest tomorrow, Chris McGowan, men's volleyball coach, is going to join the show. BYU starts the season Friday in Palo Alto at a tournament. They don't play Stanford, but they play the defending champs Loyola Friday, then Lewis, Lewis Saturday. Didn't they open the season against Loyola last year in Chicago? Uh, Loyola and Lewis, yeah, last year. Yeah, okay, so they switched venues, which honestly is probably better for BYU. It's going to be tough either way. I, I went to practice yesterday for BYU. They look good. It's, it might take a while for them to get jump-started, but they look good. Brandon Davies waived by the Brooklyn Nets. Boo. If you're not sure what that means, here you go. Waivers are a temporary status for players released by their team. A player can be claimed by any NBA team while on waivers, and that team assumes the player's contract. But after 48 hours have passed from the moment they waive the player, then... Brandon essentially will become a free agent and his current contract is terminated. I agree with Blaine Fowler. I think he's going to get picked up by another team. Who gets our rise and shout, man? There's I a, think the rise there's and shout. There's a reader with that. I, I think you should go to Jeff Judkins. Are you going to read the reader? They pay money for Yes. That. Today's rise and shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter <laughs> Help. When you need it most, DexterLaw.com. And we give it to Coach Juddy. Nice. I love jamming with Juddy. Yeah. He handles the stress. Thanks to Jeff and Blaine. Everyone on our crew, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. The show on demand on BYUtv.org slash BYUSN. For Jeremy, I'm Spencer.